Yeah. This album is dedicated to all the teachers that told me I never amount to nothing. To all the people that lived above the buildings that I was hustling from that called the police on me when I was just trying to make some money to feed my daughter. And all the niggas in the struggle. You know what I'm saying? It's all good, baby. Uh. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Something pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Que onda? You're listening to the Life in Paradise podcast. My name's Brandon Harper, and I'm just a regular dude with tons of opinions. Chances are you'll love some and you'll hate some. But just remember, we can still be friends. In today's world of two highly divisible teams, I really don't fall into a category. My goal for this podcast is to share my experiences and thoughts with you, and hopefully it will help you to formulate your own opinions. I'm not here to change minds, debate, or fight. Okay, so maybe I enjoy a good debate every now and then. But I'm here to offer my opinions, and I don't expect everyone to agree. Just think about how boring the world would be if we all had the same opinions. How in the world is this paradise, you say? Well, you'll just have to keep listening to find out. Just remember, this stuff can't be made up. What's up, everybody? Que pasó? It's Wednesday, July 15th. 2020, approximately 4.24 in the afternoon. I kind of feel like that's how people used to talk on the radio. They had a special voice. And this just in news flash coming in from Pearl Harbor. But we don't talk like that anymore. I do have a segment. I don't know if I'm going to talk about today or not. But it's about how politicians talk. And why it's such a turnoff. And I think it's it's getting more and more gross as we change. But I don't know if that's going to be today. Today, like I mentioned on the last podcast, I'm going to talk a little bit about the, the COVID mask. And once again, this is just another dividing topic. Either you're for the mask or you're against the mask, and you have to choose a side, and if you're on the wrong side, we hate your guts. So I'm going to break down and explain why when people say, just wear the mask, they get pushback. I'm not here to talk about whether masks work or not. I just want to provide some insight so that the um, people who disagree with the opposite side can maybe understand why. So we're going to go back in time, and first we're going to address a theory that I have. It could be wrong. When you hear dogs panting, I mean, there's all over just breathing hard. It's freezing cold in here. So we're going to go back in time to the when the whole mask thing kind of started. If you'll remember, Dr. Fauci comes out and says, you don't need to wear a mask. They're not good. They don't stop the virus. It's only for healthcare professionals and sick people. That, that statement came out. Then, a bit later, it becomes public that 3M had made a bunch of masks and they were labeled to be sent overseas or to foreign countries. So everyone raised a big stink. You can't send our masks to other countries. We need the masks here. 3M says, hey, we already had a contract to sell these masks. Now, remember, this is all my theory. This is not, I don't know if this is truth. 3M says, we had a contract to sell these masks. We're selling the masks. Trump says, time out the people are going nuts leave the masks here 3m says but we already had an agreement with all these other people 
to sell them the masks. We can't backtrack on our uh, our contracts. So then 3M goes to Trump and they say, I'll tell you what, we'll leave the masks here, but someone needs to come out and recommend that people wear them. Well, that's simple. All we have to do is tell the CDC to recommend masks. So Trump goes back to CDC, Fauci, whoever, says, look, uh, we need to recommend masks to keep the masks in the country. 3M wants to make sure they all get sold. I negotiated a hell of a deal because I'm the best negotiator there is, and no one can negotiate masks better than me. In fact, all the mask negotiators look up to me. They're talking about building a statue uh, in the Mask Hall of Fame of me because I am such a good mask negotiator. So the announcement gets made. The masks stay. Trump's happy. Fauci doesn't matter. And 3M's happy. So now we're being told to wear the masks. Got it. What strikes me odd about that is that the science didn't change. The information that Fauci had when he made that statement, it didn't change. So either one, he was lying to the American people in order to make sure that healthcare professionals have masks, which seems really, really shady, or he just changed his tune because Trump told him to. From everything I understand, uh, the, the viruses flow right through those masks, but I don't know. That's not what I'm here to talk about. These are just my, my theories. So now they come out and all of a sudden it's like, wear a mask. You have to wear a mask, wear a mask, make it a law, make it, everyone wears a mask. Okay. So you have certain groups of people. They don't want to wear a mask. They don't think it does any good. It's not comfortable. They don't like the way public feels when everyone's in a mask and you can't see people's facial expressions. It's hot. You get too much CO2. Your oxygen levels go down. So they don't, they're not motivated to wear a mask because of those reasons. They need to be given evidence or, or scientific presentations or more, more data. Instead of just wear a mask, it may help. It may not help. We don't know. Just wear a mask. The guy's going, yeah, but uh, does it even work? Shut up and wear a mask. Well, how long are we going to have to wear this mask for? Shut up and wear the mask. Okay. What if I don't wear the mask? Shut up and wear the mask. Now, finally, you know what? He's like, no. Screw you and your mask. I'm not wearing it. I've been trying to get information from you. I don't know if it does any good. No one knows if it does any good. Give me the science. Tell me some reasoning. Or flat out and come out and say, you know what? We don't have any evidence that this works. We don't know. It might not work. It might, not, it might work 0%. But if we will all give the same page... And we'll all try something. Let's just, just give me two weeks. Just all wear the mask solid for two weeks. Then you wouldn't have this, well, no one participates, so um, that's why it doesn't work. If you went and you approached the people from a politician standpoint and you said, look, guys, I have no idea if this mask is going to work or not, but we got to try it. Let's just try it. Let's try it for two or three weeks. If it doesn't show any numbers, if it doesn't show that it's working, then we'll do away with it. Or, or, or set some kind of parameters, six months. It doesn't matter what it is. But if your goal is to motivate people to do things that they don't want to do, like, I mean, we're Americans. The last thing you could tell us is because I said so. You know what that's going to end up with? No. Hey, do the dishes, please. Why? I didn't, I didn't even eat. Because I said so. Yeah. Okay. So then it's taken on the point of, well, it's not for you. It's for everyone else. Okay, let's, let's dissect that a little bit. It's not for me, it's for other people. Okay, so is that a sacrifice? Y yeah, but it's just a mask. It's just a mask. I understand that. But remember, 
these people don't want to participate. They don't want to wear the mask. So to them, it's more than, quote unquote, just a mask, right? And so if we can agree that it's a sacrifice, what's the most effective way to get someone to make a sacrifice? To give something up in hopes of a better future? Is it to demand that they do something? No, it's not. It's to approach them, give them information, help them come to a decision, and not cram it down their throat. And this is where we missed the whole mark on this deal. The whole corona thing altogether. But specifically the, the mask thing. I also don't think it's right to expect people to make sacrifices. I mean, you really shouldn't expect anything from anyone except your close friends and family. And, and I know it sounds kind of barbaric. Asking someone to do something they don't want to do when they don't believe in something in the name of a stranger, it's just not likely. It's not likely. You have to be a very compassionate and, and motivated person for it to work. And remember, there's a humanity spectrum. There's people that would give their right thumb for a stranger. And there's people that wouldn't stop to help an old lady cross the road. So if our goal is to get people to wear the mask, let's not shove our expectations of sacrifice on them. Give them what they want. They want more information? Let's get them more information. We have the best statisticians and mathematicians in the world right here. I mean, the whole it's just blank argument, that doesn't work. Think about applying that mentality to other controversial topics. Hey, it's just a national anthem. Relax. The guy wants to kneel. No. That means more to some people than others. And without statistics or a numerical data set or an end game, you, you can't be satisfied with just blank. Just do it. Just wear it. Just kneel. Just whatever. Because if we're working for a common goal, we have to know when we got there. And, and I don't think that kneeling on the national anthem, it, it's never going to end. Because the reason is that we don't have a numerical goal. We don't have a statistic. We don't have something that says, hey, guys, um, we're doing this to protest police brutality against black people. Okay. Where will you be satisfied? Where's the point of satisfaction? When will you quit kneeling? You know? And until you can, you can have those types of numbers, it's all subjective to how people feel. How can you say if something is too much when you can't say how much is there? Imagine calling up your grandmother and you're making cookies and you're on the phone with her, not FaceTime. You're on the phone. And she says, add some butter. And you add some butter. And she goes, no, 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 no. That's too much. Or that's not enough. How do you know? You can't see it. You don't, you don't know what enough or too much is. That's why there's numbers and recipes. And that's why I think the, the, the blowback from the people who disagree with kneeling during the national anthem, the, the way that they act towards the kneelers, that's the same way that the people who advocate the mask forcing act towards the non-mask wearers. Imagine if the, all the people who are offended by the national anthem kneeling all got together. And they went to the people who are kneeling advocates and they said, hey, guys, listen up. It really hurts our feelings when you kneel for the national anthem. We completely recognize that you have an issue and we support your First Amendment right to express your dissatisfaction. We just want you to know that it's offensive to us because X, Y and Z. Is there any possible way that you guys could kneel at a different time than the national anthem? Could you just, could we, we'll set aside the time, we can do it before the game, and you guys can have your time to kneel. And I tell you what, let's look at all these statistics and let's say, hey man, this number's too high. 
Let's let's bring this down and let's all make an agreement. Hey, uh, whenever this number gets to here, are you satisfied? Will you be happy? If there's zero reports of police brutality towards black people and there's zero black people killed by police, can we stop kneeling? Yes. Okay, we have a goal. Let's go for it. Instead, you have this big gap. Kneel, don't kneel, wear the mask, don't wear the mask. Until we have numbers, we're never going to be on the same page. And any good leader would recognize that. And they would use that to pull everyone together. All you have to do is look at something from the other person's point of view. And that would bring unity. But once again, politicians uh, don't want to piss anyone off. And they really, really, really want to get reelected. Does anyone know of a feature on the Facebooks that doesn't allow people to spam you DMs? And it's funny because like, there's only a, there's a certain age group of people that I would just get random spam forwards into my, my DMs. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I, and I really think that they don't really know what they're doing. Like they, they click on a, a post or a link and they're like, you know, they, they take the phone and they stretch it all, <laughs> all the way out to the end of their arm and they pull their glasses down on the bottom of their nose and they see like a barely kind of a, a blurry thing that says like, send to friends. And then they just like very deliberately with force take their finger and they click it and they push down the phone and they, they push the phone so hard it moves their whole hand and then they stretch their arm way back out and look at it. Like they think they're sharing something, but really they're clicking Forward this post, which is 10 years old, to every person I've ever chatted with in the history of my life. Ding! Speaking of old people, has anyone listened to the Eskimo Bros 69 podcast yet? Okay, so go check it out. Eskimo Bros, apostrophe S, 69, all together. It's Harry Hermes and Jordan Ellis, my two cousins. One of the most preposterous things that they think... And they, they think a lot of crazy stuff. And and some of it's out there. I agree with some of it. I disagree with some of it. We have fun in the banter. But they think that the moon landing was fake. And you know what? They approached me with this idea. And I didn't, I didn't give them hell for it. I was like, you know what? I don't know enough about this. It could be. And I remember Harry specifically asked me. He told me this long stretch about why they think it's fake and all this in the next day. So, you know, typical pin me in the corner and get an answer out of me. Uh, did I mention they call me Hornball? I don't know why, but they, they call me Hornball. So when you talk to them, they, they require that you refer to me as Hornball. They wanted me to change all my usernames and everything. I don't know where this came from. And so they, they pinned me in a corner and said, so now what do you think? What do you think about the moon landing? And I said, I don't think that it is out of the realm of being fake. I don't know. I haven't done enough research. So I set out to do some research and I read everything I could read. I think I probably put about 10 hours into it. I read all the articles that, you know, that illustrated all the things that could be fake. And really there's about 10 items that if you look hard enough for it, if you search for, if you twist up, then you might think it was fake. But the reason, even without approaching all the, the data that NASA put out there, I mean, you know, they were like, there's no radio that could work from here to the moon. I mean, we could barely make cell phones work. So I looked up the radio and how the radio worked. And there's a 358 page manual describing the technical data of how they communicated to the moon in real time. And yeah, yep, it could be fake. It could be fake. But I feel like there's been a bunch of radio nerds out there that looked at that thing. And if it was fake, if it wasn't real, 
They would spot it. They would say, huh, you can't use a 406 capacitor on a 327 board if you got 906 ohms running through 24 volts. It won't work. Everyone knows that. Duh. But no, and it's, I mean, it's public information. Like I went and found it. It's right there. So even if you exclude all that stuff, if you exclude the, uh, the public trial, people just dissecting it. I just don't think it would work because it's too big of a secret. And where you draw the line of who knows it's real and who knows it's fake is not, it's not feasible. These guys who work at NASA, all the way from the, the guys who drive the space shuttle to the guys who sweep the floor, every single dude there, they love NASA. And I don't know how many people worked there at the time, probably 400, 500, something like that. But there's no way that that, that secret could be kept from the top to the bottom. Okay, so let's just say that we can agree that. Can we agree that the janitor, if he if he didn't know, if it stopped short of the janitor, where did that line stop? Where's the last guy to know? And how many people knew? And so how could you fool these guys that, that knew the systems of the space shuttle forwards and backwards? They knew the pressure of where that thing was. They knew how long it could happen before something happened. They knew stuff before the astronauts even knew it. And, and I'm just just say that they were just up cruising around in space, right? They hadn't even landed on the moon. They haven't faked the moon landing yet. They're just running around in space because that we can't say is fake. I mean, we saw the guys get in there. We saw it take off. We talked to them. There's video of them up there. Unless they're saying people never went into space, which I'm pretty sure I asked them. And they said, no, they just went up there and they cruised around in circles and came back and they tricked everyone. So the guys who ran all the systems for the whole program, they knew what to expect. They, they knew how to look at the gauges and the dials and the numbers and figure out what was happening. And the, the shuttle took off, went and landed in China, filmed a video in an anti-gravity room, and then flew back. They would know it. They would, they would see what's happening in all the instrumentation and all the gauges. Okay, so let's just say they didn't land. They just shot up in the air, they cruised around for however many days, and then they came back. And they just produced a bunch of rocks and dirt and everything off of the space shuttle. So how did they fake the video? How did they fake the real-time video? Well, they shot it in advance. How did they... They shot it in advance. So, so some movie studio somewhere, they filmed some video. What about the guy who works in the props? Did he know? Did he think this was a movie? I mean, it's too, it's too big of a thing to fake it. The burden of proof is on them. You know, they think it's on me. It's on them. They don't understand how law works. Like, something happened. The general public agrees on it. Prove to me that it didn't. And these little eight anecdotal, like, Mickey Mouse points... Not going to cut it, guys. Come on. Don't be so conspiracy theorist. I love you guys. I love what you're doing. Just uh, just admit it. We landed on the moon. It's not that big of a deal. Just admit it. I want to break down a little bit my thoughts on the media. And most people who know me pretty well kind of already know this, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, and dive into it. And... Looking back in time, journalism was actually journalism. Like the news people reported the news, and they gave the information, and you can decide what you thought. You didn't really know how the news anchors stood politically. I mean, I remember even when I was growing up, they were very robotic and non-opinionated and just, just present the news. Obviously, it's not that way today. So recently, with the advent of what I believe changed the whole game, which is social media, we got the ability to see what people look at and how they interact. And then we just started feeding that back to them. And why? Why would we do that? Because companies that are in the media, they exist to make money. They're not charities. So they figured out that if they just keep giving you what you click on, you'll keep clicking and you'll click more. 
And then they have all this data that shows all the categories of people that they're reaching and what they're clicking on and what they're reading and who they disagree with. And they just keep giving that back to them and giving it back to them and giving that back to them. And we're all just like little birds in a nest, you know, with our mouths open. So I don't think companies see it as a way to manipulate us and, and gain profits directly through that route. But manipulating us becomes a byproduct of them gaining profits by feeding back to us exactly what we click on. I mean, we all see it. They can't even hide it from us now. You go to look at a website for some flip-flops on, you know, not even on Facebook, and then within minutes, it's in your feed. And and yet, there's still people believe, they, they think that Fox News is not right-leaning, or they think that CNN doesn't lean left. It's almost impossible to deny that now. I mean, it's, um, you have to agree that, that media outlets are swayed. I think now would be the perfect time to develop a media platform that is actually unbiased. I mean, I don't know if that can be done. I'm not a journalism guy, but I know I would probably pay a little bit of money per month to have access to unbiased media. And I would like to get the opinions of specialists. Like, I don't want to hear the CDC report about coronavirus because they're just a, they're a branch of the government. I want to hear guys that have been studying viruses their whole lives. And yes, you can find them. You can Google them. They're on Fox News. But they're not independent. Someone called them and said, hey, would you like to be on Fox News? Yep. What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about this. Okay, perfect. Do you agree? Actually, I don't agree with that. Okay, then we're not putting you on Fox News. You know? It's not actually unbiased. It's like, if I'm on a trip somewhere, and I want to go visit, like when I went to Angkor Wat in Cambodia, I regret not finding someone ahead of time that knew way more details than, than like our tour guide. And I give it to our tour guide. I mean, he, he, he broke it down. He explained the basics, but like me, like being from a construction background, like really all I wanted to hear about and talk about was how that place was built. And he couldn't satisfy that. He couldn't satisfy that need. And that's fine. Like I understand that he's not there to, you know, strictly give tours to construction guys, but I was thinking it would be nice to be able to connect with a specialist on any topic that that comes about. And so I think that would make a pretty cool media platform. I know there's websites, it's like, you know, findyourspecialist.com, but those guys, you don't you don't know anything about them. I could just I could just say I'm a specialist and I may know a little bit, but I don't know. I just feel like it's not it's not all the way there yet. But it would be a good idea. All that to say Keep in mind that people who are presenting the news are only there to make money. That is it. That's their motive. So does it seem unreasonable to think why newspapers are shoving coronavirus down our throat? Of course not. It's what we click on the most. It's what we're scared about. And that's why they're motivated to post the, the biggest, the highest, the most scary information that we can think of. This is why people talk about total cases and cases per day, because those are the biggest numbers and they're rapidly growing. Think about if they talked about how things were declining and things are looking better. And if guys, if we keep this up, we'll be able to open. What would happen? Then you would stop reading about coronavirus and you would start reading about something else. And they have to shift gears and they have to figure out, okay, now what are we going to present them? But right now they've got the golden ticket. They've got it right in their hand. 
And so, of course, they're going to keep putting things out there to make us keep reading things because that's how they make their money. Every time you click on read ad, they're making money. They're selling advertisements. The more people that read those ads, the more valuable the advertisements become, the more money they make. From a business perspective, of course, like if I was running Fox News, I would want to put the most scary things out there if, if that was my job. I don't think I could do it, but that's why they're motivated. And once again, why should we not question that? Why should we not say, hey, 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 where are you getting this stuff from? How is it coming to you? Is it real? Who substantiated it? But once again, you ask those types of questions and the people who are buying into that hysteria are mad at you or they, they accuse you of, of hating old people or something like that. <clears throat> I mean, could you imagine if there was no pushback about anything and everyone would just did everything the government said to do every time they said to do something? Could you imagine how powerful the government would be if they knew that every time they told us to do something, we would just comply without challenging it? Man, that would, that's scary. That's not what our country was built on. So I just urge people, like, if you, if you don't agree with someone challenging something, that's fine. But let them have their moment. Let them challenge it. And maybe you might learn something by listening. And you know what? There's things out there that I don't challenge. I don't know enough about the moon landing. I didn't know enough about it. I would like Harry and Jordan to sit down with some NASA scientists and see if he couldn't change their mind. I mean, probably what would happen, because, I mean, those guys are so smart. Like, they would probably, they would probably expose NASA, so they probably would never do it because of that. But let people challenge things. It's not going to hurt you. Just, just let them. Just let them do it. Just let them challenge people. I have a pretty good topic lined up for tomorrow. Or maybe I'll do it right now. No, no, I'm going to read a little bit more about it. The Twitter CEO is trying a universal basic income experiment. Yeah, so there's that. We'll, we'll touch on that tomorrow if I, can, if I can read some about it. What I think is funny, and I may be on to something here, is how politicians speak to people. Or, or when they're speaking, I guess it's not just politicians, but when we speak to people, everything changes based on the quantity of people that are in our audience. Naturally, they change on the types of people that are there. But in addition to that, it changes based on how many people we're speaking to. So when the president gets up and he's speaking to thousands and thousands of people, you know, he would, he would, he would walk in, he would sit down, you know, the music would start. He would walk in, he would smile, wave, maybe shake a couple of hands, walk up to the podium, clap for himself a few times clap for himself a few more, encourage the crowd to scream a little. Okay, yes, yeah, so that's this president. But anyway, so the president walks out and he starts speaking to them. My fellow Americans, it is with great pleasure today that I'm here to announce to you that we have landed on the moon. Due to our hard work, diligence, and expedious research, we have devised methods. And I'm just like, really? Okay, so that's, that's one way that, that we speak to people. Now, if you tone it down to a room of like 500, 500, you walk on stage. This isn't the president anymore. This is just a regular dude. Walks out on stage. Hello. Hello, everyone. Uh, thank you for having me. It's a great honor to be here. I'm, uh, I'm pleased. I, I just want to express my gratitude. Thanks, everyone, for your support throughout this hardship. And what I'm here to do today is to lay out our plan moving forward. Right? There's 500 people. Now, I'm going to walk up to three people. And I'm going to say, hey, guys, thanks so much for having me here today. It's been awesome talking to you guys. Um, 
I, I don't know where I'd be without you. But what I really want to talk about here in a few minutes, if we have time, is I want to go over these charts. I want to show you the direction that we're going, kind of what we think we're going to do, problems that we might have. And then I want to get your input on how we can solve this stuff. Now, I really think that if politicians would speak to people, if they would speak to the masses the same way that we talk to people at a one-on-one -on -one or two or three setting, people would understand them and flock to them. Like I, I think it just, it feels so different. And in today's world, like when we're watching the president, it's normally just us and him. It's him and a scream and us in person. So I don't think it would feel weird if, if people addressed the masses that way. I don't know. It's a, I haven't even looked into this or thought about it much, but Last night, I was just thinking, I was listening to uh, Ted Cruz speak, and that's, you know, I, I approve of Ted Cruz's politics, his policy. I approve of most of them. He's just too, he's too lawyery, and he's too smart, and he's too, he's too good for people, too goody-goody. Like, he's, he's just doesn't, they don't seem human. And I really think that we're, we're longing for, like, a human, this is why, like, reality shows did so well. This is why we love, um... Instagram, we get a one-on-one -on -one view into that person. We, we see what they're eating for breakfast, and it's us and them, and we feel like we're friends with them, and we know them. I think politicians are missing that whole thing. Better watch out. There's a guy named Bobby Bones. Everyone who knows me knows I'm a fan. He's a, um, he's a radio personality. He won Dancing with the Stars. He's been on American Idol, but I've been kind of listening to him. Not kind of. I've been following him and listening to him, man, for 11 years maybe, and I don't care for the music that they play on the show so i listen to his podcast where i just hear the dialogue no commercials no music he's originally from arkansas but he has this he has this um the style nailed he has it pegged he went against the grain of radio personalities and he went out and hired like his four best friends to do a radio show and it's not long format like it's not like a podcast it's it's got segments and they do games and stuff like that but he went against the grain and like it's it's gone nuts. It's it's one of the biggest radio shows in the country. Took over the uh, country radio stations. Now he he transferred from pop to country music. And he's gonna he's gonna run for governor of Arkansas. And I'd be willing to bet right now that he will win. And if he does well, he'll run for president. And he may win. Just take notes. You write this down in your calendar somewhere. Put a reminder for 2024. I think that's when he's gonna run for uh, governor of Arkansas. And if you're still listening to my podcast, don't worry. I'll remind you. You'll hear me talk about him some more. But. Yeah, I don't know. That's just my thoughts. Address us like we're humans and not like we're thousands and thousands and thousands of people because we're not. It's just There's just one of us and one of them. You ever try to talk to yourself for 35 minutes straight? It's not easy. It's not easy. I kind of feel like I'm going to run out of stuff to talk about, <laughs> but I don't know. If you have anything that you want to argue, I mean, uh, talk to me about, send me an email. If you have questions or want to know my input, I don't know. Maybe I could talk about it. I think that's going to do it for today, though. It's time to go take the dogs to a little creek, play some fetch, let them swim, and then I'm going to come back and edit this. So the recording time right now is 36 minutes. I've been pretty good about pausing it when I stop or cough or whatever, so hopefully it won't take too much editing. But it'll probably be an hour, hour and a half maybe. I'm going to try to find someone to do this for me. I don't know. I'm going to Fiverr, I think. I'm going to try that. And then it would be awesome if I could just record and send them the, the audio and then they could do it all. It kind of takes away the artistic element. Now I'm rambling. Thanks again for listening to the Life in Paradise podcast. Do everything you can to make your life your paradise. <laughs> Keep it tranquilo. Lord, it's the same old tune, fiddle and guitar. Where do we take it from here? Rhinestone suits and new shiny cars. It's been
Finally got it made.